You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 115, Drowning Pool, hosted by Dan Terry. I'm trying really fucking hard, guys. And Joe Wren. Top songs on Google Play Music for Drowning Pool. All of them are from Everything center. from Sinner. Yeah. <laughs> Featuring John Beatty of Brutally Speaking. This is John Beatty of the Brutally Speaking podcast, and you are listening to the Discography Discussion. Well, I mean, the problem is, is everything's blurred out, so you can't really tell how big or not big you are. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you think your one-two punch can stand up to my bullet with a name on it, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't know, man. You can kind of feel that coming to the air tonight, can't you? Oh, Lord. That's just for Rob Rivera. Shout out to Rob Rivera. What kind of a statement are you guys making right now? Hey, guys, John Beatty's here. <laughs> John Beatty of the Brutally Speaking podcast. and then some, The one and only. Yeah, some other guy from that podcast. Is on By day. the way, Dan, this is really awkward. I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, Jeff's actually replacing you. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fine. Good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it is New Metal May, gentlemen, and we are talking about Drowning Pool. Absolutely, we are. Kind of rough, though. I I find in these New Metal Mays, and even a little bit in Industrial December, that, like, you listen to these bands and you find out they only play their respective genre for, like, one or two albums. (laughs) Then everybody gets all stage shy and is like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this New Metal thing anymore. Yeah, dude, these Jinkos don't fit anymore. Very tragic. Everything about fucking drowning pool is tragic. Tommy Lee knows what it's like having a drowning pool. Oh, wow. Damn. Drowning Pool is a band from Texas. Started in 1996. They were the biggest deal when their debut album, Center dropped in 2001. They put out probably the best hard rock metal hit single of all time, in my opinion. Yes, I know that probably didn't top any charts. I mean, it did top charts, but, like, I'm sure people could give thousands of examples of songs that they like more than Bodies. But let's be honest. If you know nothing about Drowning Pool, you know Bodies. If you know a lot about wrestling, you know Bodies. If you know a lot about wrestling, you know a lot about Drowning Pool, including Step Up. Yep. But we'll get to that later. Well, before we really kick this off and let the Bodies hit the floor, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. We love them because they let us know how we're doing. You let us know how we're doing. It works out for everybody. But the biggest benefit for us is that all the search algorithms that exist and the recommendation algorithms that exist, they rely on information such as ratings, reviewing, subscribing. They look at all that stuff. And the stuff that's top-rated and top-reviewed, That's the stuff that gets recommended to other people. So it is literally the best thing you can do to help out a podcast. And now John Beatty's going to tell us all about Brutally Speaking. Well, if you would like to step up and uh, check out another podcast that's sort of in the same vein, uh, co-host Dan of the Discography Discussion, uh, we talked to a lot of uh, different people in the rock, metal, hardcore uh, we're starting to get into classic rock as well, uh, but we have a good time. And if you like what's happening over here, the jokes that are made, well, that's basically what happens in the intros and outros. And uh, 
you know, we uh, appreciate the time and letting Dan be lended over to us over at the Brutally Speaking podcast. Uh, and we definitely, you know, have been plugging a lot of the episodes you guys have been doing lately, like the Aborted episode. Dan got to talk to Stefano of Aborted. You think damn right I did. The- and uh, it's it's been kind of funny piggybacking off of some of your episodes. Uh, some of them just happen to fall into our lap where it's like, would you like to talk to so-and-so of such band? And you're like, I mean, Dan and them just did all the work for me. So, yes, let's do that. I'm waiting for my feed, John. Here's a virtual high five. <laughs> Coming in the mail. Yep. Same with my corn record. Yeah. I need to mail that back to you. Yep. <laughs> I want to take a minute to shout out our beloved Patreon subscribers who literally keep me alive from one month to the next. I couldn't do this without you guys, and I want to thank the following people a lot. And that would be Mr. Alexander, Jeffrey De Los Santos. The actual Mac. Kiki Kuti, do you love me? I, I do love you. I really do. Uh, Lance Alligood, and quite possibly the best name that we read and butcher every single time. And that is Luis Fernando Pisano Escalante. That is a badass screen name. So badass. So uh, thank you guys so much for your contributions every month. Keep those contributions coming. You get access to an exclusive Patreon feed where we do individual album reviews, and we're going to have some cool stuff coming up soon on that front as well. I definitely want to give a shout-out to all of our patrons. One dollar gets you access to that exclusive feed and other things that are coming down the pipeline. So, Dan, tell me about Drowning Pool. Well, as I said before, Drowning Pool is a Texas band, so, you know, everything's bigger in Texas, right? And who was bigger than Drowning Pool in 2001? Okay, there were probably a couple of bands. Lincoln Park. Yeah, that were Lincoln Park, Limp Bizkit. All right, fair. Anyway, Stained Tool. They were definitely a rising star. System of a Down. They were definitely a rising star (laughs) in the new metal hard rock scene. So what you had with Drowning Pool on their center album is a new metal band. That was from Texas. I know that sounds really fucking basic, but that's what you got. They are new metal, but they kind of have that Texas flair, that southern aggression, that southern heat that they bring, especially on their first two albums. They're basically a new metal trio with a badass lead singer who can actually sing. Not only can he sing, but he can scream and has some pretty sick guttural vocals that he does at times. It sounds extremely unhealthy, which we'll get to later. Unfortunately. I feel like you guys only bring me on just to talk about death or like horrible shit that happens to people in these bands. Well, I mean, we could talk about the we could talk about the military controversy where they were using. Oh, we're going body. to. Yeah. but that's that's <laughs> like you know, in t- ten more years from this album, a couple years down the road, they relate to the party. But uh, Center starts off with the title track "Center," which is a pretty decent hard rock metal-ish song. I will admit, I'm not the biggest fan of how like like radio rock it is and i almost feel like they wrote this song to be the single but i kind of consider it a fake out track because i've tried to quantify this for weeks now as i've as i've built up to talking about this band the first song on this album cannot even prepare you in any conceivable way for what the second track is going to be like not at all like you you hear center and you're like okay i I, you know i like this this is pretty cool i kind of like this band he seems a little angry or whatever and then on track two you're like oh fuck is he angry just starts off with basically some whispering let the bodies hit the floor let the bodies hit the floor etc etc and then the guitarist is just like hey guys i bought this brand new pedal board uh you guys think i could use it on the album oh yeah dude you need to bust out the wah-wah we're gonna use the flanger a little later uh yeah just 
you know, do whatever you do. It'll be fine. If you want to base a band's entire sound off of one element, that's it. Don't tell Kirk Hammett that. Yeah, this is... I was um, just going to say. This is some holy shit <laughs> stuff, man. Like, hey, and uh, let's not forget Tony from uh, Godsmack. Oh, yeah. Godsmack, that's interesting. There's a few times this week that I thought I was legit listening to Godsmack. I will say that Bodies is very unique on this record. Because even though it's on their best record... Yeah, I said it this early in the podcast. It's their best record, in case you didn't know. Final thought? Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. It's been a great night. Uh, <laughs> Bodies is the catchiest fucking heavy single that you're going to hear. And if you don't believe me, listen to this song all the way through with no interruptions, and then tell me that you didn't think about it ever again for the next two weeks. It's a fucking earworm if you've ever heard one. Uh, Bodies is the gold standard for what's a really good aggressive new metal track. Bodies is in that playlist maybe two or three times, depending on the type of person you are. If you're a wrestling fan, you've heard this song so many fucking times that, like, you know every single every single little intricacy of it. ECW. ECW. I think the thing that's interesting to me, and when you guys kind of had asked me if I wanted to do this, was you. <laughs> this is kicking off, you know, New Metal May, and I don't really know that this is new metal to me um i would kind of agree with dan Moore, just saying it's more of like a rock band this is kind of in that weird bubble of like where you were getting bands like this and saliva that were that were definitely mixing a couple of different genres within it but i would say saliva would definitely be more of the new metal category with josie scott's lyrics and so forth and his like kind of rap approach whereas i always kind of felt like this was do you consider godsmack to be a new metal band even in the beginning at times do you yeah, and the reason I the reason I'm going to go ahead and shoehorn it into being new metal, <laughs> number one is because bodies. Okay. No matter what, bodies is it's new metal. It's too hard to be hard rock. It's it's upper tier stuff. Some of the other songs on the album, I absolute, agree with that. Absolutely hard rock. Like there's no no ifs ands or buts about it. But I will say the guitar tuning specifically, and the deepness and heaviness of the riffs, the chunk, the chug, is very new metal on this album i can't stress that enough uh this album is more new metal than anything else they've ever done but to john's credit a lot of it is straight up hard rock the album actually stands out for me it's one of the few albums i can think of that came out in 2001 that has this audience the hard rock new metal heavy metal crowd no parental advisory and no cursing there's a goddamn in there (laughs) but does that count really I guess it depends on how you feel about Goddamn. Goddamn, I love me. (laughs) It's interesting to me, though, that just because the album was called Sinner, it didn't have a parental advisory, there was no cursing. Yes, Dan had to have the argument with people that, you think they're a Christian band? Because that was the big subject in 2001. Well, on top of that, though, they were on Wind Up, which was a predominantly Christian label at that point. Christian rock label. I mean, they had... Creed. Evanescence. They had Creed, especially Creed. They had Evanescence. They had... uh, Twelve Stones. Was that band... 12 stones yeah exactly and uh they even had finger 11 like they were kind of that label for this kind of like i guess active rock radio sound yeah they weren't really a christian label and most of the bands mentioned were not actually christian but were mistaken for that was the biggest thing about a lot of those bands that were on wind up specifically and i don't know what it was about that label but people were always like, yeah, yeah, you know, this is a Christian band, this is a Christian band. And there were people that thought that just because something was on Wind Up that it was Christian, uh, which is typically not the case. I think the only time, the only band that was on there that was 
like in the Christian market was uh, Twelve Stones, and Evanescence was in it for like five minutes. Because <laughs> Rocky Gray. Until they said fuck once on stage, and they're like, oh, whoa, 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 let's back it up. And then Scott Stapp went completely insane, so there's that. But He that also was- put out a solo album that basically sounded like Creed. Yeah, with way worse guitar playing. But we're not here to talk about that, hopefully, and we will never be here to talk about that. <laughs> Thank you uh, very much. I'm not going to do a Creed episode. You can quote me on that. Hey, you know what? You might actually be surprised at what's on there musically. If Joe, hey, you know what? If Joe and John want to do a Creed episode while my wife's having a baby in a couple of months, that's fine. I think we'll do, a, <laughs> I think the better one to do would be like wrestling soundtracks. Yeah, whatever you guys want to do. I, just, I don't want to be involved in any of that shit. Forcible entry, Patreon, September. Tough enough. We'll that's, get there. That sounds really explicit. Uh, speaking of not so explicit, uh, on Sinner, yeah, it is interesting to have how angry and dark of a record it is with virtually no curse words on it, uh, really to speak of. But I think that just is a testament to the to the vocalist and the lyricist and that they wrote relatively intelligence. I mean, I'm not going to like try to sell you on the idea that Bodies is an intelligent song uh, <laughs> at all, but some of the stuff that he talks about on this record is pretty intelligent, well thought out. Uh, I can't get over the the extensive use of the wah pedal, which is a good thing because if I thought that was going to go away anytime soon, I'm sorely mistaken. Um, it is like this dude's brand new toy. It's a new metal trope for the rhythm guitarist to ride the wah pedal. Well, it's really just kind of an easy way to sound Southern if there's no other way to do it. I was going to say, I figured it was just more of the fact that with him being the only guitar player in the band, that it was a way to add more dynamics than just having literally one dude playing with, you know, a rhythm and a lead, but you can only really play one or the other at the same time. Agreed. It was a conscious decision. It's a tool. Guitarist has the ability to make different sounds, so you compose the song by creating different sounds. It's not unheard of. Everybody did it. And if you were even remotely influenced by Kirk Hammett or Head and Monkey of Corn, you were using the wah pedal in the rhythm track. The last thing I'm going to say about Center is that it is a perfectly good debut album. It's not the most amazing album I've ever heard. I mean, Bodies definitely puts it up a few more notches than I think it deserves. Uh, but really, you don't really have another song like Bodies on this album. Uh, Tearaway is really good. I love the chorus on that. That I don't care about anyone but me, anyone else but me. That's fucking yeah. great. Yeah, the goddamn I love me at the end is fucking perfect. <laughs> and uh, I just I love I love all that. But this band definitely falls more into the hard rock category for the rest of the album, and I'm okay with that. It's a very enjoyable listen, and the anticipation couldn't be higher for what they were going to do next. Except there's a problem. Unfortunately. You remember that singer that we said was so great? Yep. Yeah. Um, Well, passed away in his sleep. Passed away in his sleep on their fucking tour bus. Dave Williams, RIP. The dude was a powerhouse of a vocalist, and I blame almost everything that happened to Drowning Pool after this point on the fact that he died, which is completely unfair. There's now, a lot of good singers out there, but I don't know. This dude had something special going on. Is this an example where the band should have just started under a new name? I think so. I think no, because I think no matter what happened, I think that when Desensitized came out in 2004, I think even if Dave had still been alive and this album had sounded note for note the same, which part of me thinks it probably would have. 
I think that it would have been well, way more well received than it was just on the strength of Dave alone. I think that the fact that they had another singer gives the fickle music listening audience a reason to hate that they otherwise wouldn't have had because this album was not as successful as Sinner. And a part no. of that is a part of that is that people are expecting to hear another bodies and you don't get that on this record at all. I will say though that Step Up is a hell of an introduction with the new vocalist though. Step Up's a great song. First time I heard Step Up on the radio, I said, "Okay, it sounds yeah. like they're trying to do the same thing again. This might work. It doesn't work." But I mean, I could see I could see them being in the studio and coming up with Step Up and recording it, listening to it back. And I, I guarantee every single member of this band breathed a sigh of relief and says, "Okay, guys, everything's going to be okay." This is definitely more the hard rock side of the band because that's all there is now. The new metal's gone, pretty much at this point. Uh, there, there's parts on this album that are new metal-ish, but if you're like a Corn or Seven Dust fan, you're not listening to this. This is strictly for the ECW audience that they have now. You know, um, it is so the band is so entwined with wrestling culture at this point, uh, based because I mean, Bodies was like their theme song for how long? Like Couple two, years. two, three years. So yeah, I mean, I so. you couldn't watch an event without hearing Bodies. You know, I remember I remember the wrestlers would be up on you know on the mic and be you know talking about whose body was going to hit the floor tonight and all this shit like it was just they were all about it like they just couldn't get over the meat-headed broness of it all <laughs> and uh and and i get it like even even me who who claims to hate all that shit so much like there's no denying the strength of that song and so when step up comes out it's like okay cool the boys did it again you know that they knocked it out of the park but you listen to the rest of the record and you're like well it's good. It's definitely a, a, a further swing towards mainstream success. Is that a playoff of the cover? Maybe. Um, I don't want to talk about the cover. Well, actually, oh. the cover is interesting, though, because for two reasons. First of all, you were talking about how on Sinner there was no swearing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And on this one, there, there is obviously swearing even straight out the gate on Step Up. Yeah. But they had to do a tearaway, no pun intended, on the edited version of the album cover, so you don't see the boobs or the pentagrams. Over oh the boobs. no! Oh no! I can't think of anything more evil than boobs and, te- and pentagrams. I mean, how I mean, dare Wind Up Record, everyone's favorite sacred Christian label, touch this? I'm happy to say <laughs> my version of this album is not the tearaway version. I don't have this version. <laughs> I don't have this album, dude. Like, I was to say, how many Johnny Pool records do you have? I have Sinner on cassette and CD. Oh shit. Uh, I even have the original dubbed cassette of Sinner that I had uh, that a friend of mine made me. And, uh, oh, God, what is it called? It says, like, Larry Norman, Greatest Hits, who was a huge uh, who was a huge CCM artist. Uh, so, yeah, that's, so I knew, like, okay, yeah, that's Sinner, which is funny because this record seems so much more controversial than Sinner, but I don't think it is. No. Like, it's not nearly as shocking or offensive as Sinner was. And Sinner did that without the use of, like, cuss words or tropes. You know, there's no songs about, like, burying your fucking mom's corpse in your backyard after you fucked it. You know, like, there's nothing like that on this rec- on, on, on that record or this record. But, like, this record was, like, trying to be controversial. And, like, I felt like when I saw the cover the first time, I was like, okay. So these guys don't, they don't believe in themselves enough to just put out a record with a cool, with a cool cover on it they want to make people think that they're super cool by throwing a cover like this on 
And um, I just don't hear it. Like, it's like a kid rock. It's like a kid rock type cover. And the music on the album is not anywhere near as offensive or, or weird as, as what Kid Rock would have put out. It does make me wonder in listening to Desensitized from Sinner, you know, you're looking at, what, 2001 when Sinner comes out and you're kind of looking at new metal kind of being the, at the forefront. And then by the time 2004 is coming in, you're, you're starting to get more away from new metal. You're starting to get more into metalcore kind of taking over. And it kind of makes me wonder with a new vocalist and all that kind of stuff, like it, it just sounds heavier. It sounds thicker from a production standpoint. It kind of makes me wonder at this point, was the band just trying to straight up abandon as much as they could of what they had accomplished off of the first record to really cement this new singer, this new idea of what Drowning Pool could be? Or I, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of looking at it in, in hindsight and just kind of thinking of the musical landscape and i mean that's a, that's a huge difference in a three-year gap musically of what's popular and hard hard rock and so forth or aggressive music as a whole that could be the case it's also true that this album significantly sounds more hard rock southern hard rock and the band has a new singer i think they were struggling to adapt because for all intents and purposes they were found late in the new metal game Right. And who was getting big in 2004 in the hard rock side of things? Slipknot. So now we're trying to do the, we're tuned down and we're just playing hard rock. So now this is fake Godsmack, fake slow saliva. It's a struggle when you've been playing new metal or those type of riffs for years and now you're trying to write new music again. I'm going to take a stab at, at John's question. And this is my metal elitist asshole personality coming out, but... So you. I think that this is a result of Midwest being behind the times. I'm not accusing them of being a Midwest band, because we all know they're from Texas. There's a notable gap between what's popular in 2004 and what the Midwestern or even the Western audience, you know, before you hit California is going to interpret as cool or relevant. So like, cause I always complain about, you know, being here in St. Louis and how everybody listens to music that's two or three years behind the times. Except now that's become 10 to 15 years behind the times. Yeah, it's gotten really bad now, but like back then, you know, the, the demographics for the wrestling specials that they're on, the demographics for who they're reaching out to, they're reaching out to an audience that still thinks this kind of music is cool. And for whatever reason, with that particular demographic, the Southern-influenced hard rock sound is still heavily popular and prevalent with that audience. And so I think this album was for them. This album was for that audience. So this is fake Pantera? No, we're not in fake Pantera territory quite yet. But this is, uh, this is definitely one of those, like, we're appealing to people who aren't listening to Kill Switch Engage or Azalea Dying or Under Oath or those types of bands that were getting more popular around that time. That would have been your like East Coast, West Coast crowds that were really getting into that. There were really only a few people in like the major cities in the in the middle of the country that knew better. Um, so this is still the shit that was getting played on the radio. Because we talked so much about how new metal lost its you know, started to decline in two thousand and one, you know, after September eleventh. But I would say the country as a whole 
probably there's still like a little bit of a delay in culture shift. Culture shift doesn't happen overnight unless you release an album called the chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water, which we will get to in a few weeks. Uh, <laughs> but the cultural shift doesn't happen overnight. So I think you can still put out an album like Desensitize in 2004 and do pretty well for yourself. But I will say that probably after Dave passed away that a lot of their core fan base was probably lost. Like the people that were supporting it because it was new metal or whatever or perceived to be new metal probably abandoned ship whenever they heard this because, you know, Korn was still putting out stuff like um, what was Korn's 2004 release? It was uh, Take a Look in the Mirror. Yeah, I think so. Either that or it would have been uh, Issues. Yeah, so like that that would have been a little bit more appealing to the new metal audience at the time. I don't really know how this would fit with that audience. So I think that Desensitized was like, well, this wrestling thing's working out really well for us, so let's just appeal to that as much as we can. And they did. That's how you get a song like Step Up. Well, I guess you can almost say it's, uh, it's come full circle then. <laughs> 2007. Oh, God. Eight. Why did they call it that? It didn't, though. It didn't come full circle. There's no circle. Full circle by Soil. I, oh, I'm sorry. By Drowning Pool. Is um, He's just going to come out and say it, folks. Yeah, it's a Soil album, <laughs> but not a very good one. This is where, like, even on Desensitized, there was still a focus on being heavy. Like, because Drowning Pool is still thought of as a badass heavy band. You know, a heavy rock band. I'm sure people call. I'm sure people threw the term heavy metal out, but they're fucking wrong. Um, that's not it. But full circle is like, how do we take this sound and actually make it more palatable to people that are not as into hard rock? So it's like lighter hard rock. I have a suggestion: record a Godsmack album. Does that work? This isn't as good as Godsmack, though. Absolutely not. Make sure to write that down on the calendar that I said that. Unfortunately, that tells me exactly how you feel about it. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I, I actually really like Ryan McCombs as a vocalist. Because, yeah, the guy that was on Desensitized, he's gone. Jason Jones, who quit the band after that album due to irreconcilable differences. Not sure what those differences so, are. Maybe he wanted to go heavy, and they're like, he's a little bit more country. They're a little bit more rock and roll. I don't know. But he's gone. When they bring in uh, Ryan McCombs, I thought that that would be a good fit for the band. But it just sounds like soil to me. Am I am I wrong there? Is it just no. his vocals that are making me think that? I think that you know, and I'm I'm sure both of you will echo this sentiment. How do you replace the voice that made your band? You can't. So you try to find someone who, in a live setting, can at least do what do the old songs justice while still trying to supplant a foot in the new. Not NU, but new territory. And I think Jason was probably a good, as good of a person to kind of start that as, as you could. But yeah, I agree with Dan. This this just sounds like soil, and I don't know how much of this is the band, you know, because it's it's been the same band basically the entire fucking time, other than the vocalist, which I'll get to that later on. But it just gets to the point where it's like, okay, do you write for your new vocalist in mind? And in which case, if that's if that is the case in this situation then all that Drowning Pool did was do themselves a disservice by trying to make songs sound like Soil because Ryan already left that band. So there was no need to write shit that sounded like the band he left unless that's what they thought fans would want from from everybody. But to me, it just this just 
we're three records in and I don't really get a sense that the band themselves knows what they even want. And it makes me wonder if it's a thing where either the, there is too much label people going like, okay, this is what we think you should do because this is what's going to sell or, or what? I, I mean, I don't know. Like to me, when you name a record full circle, that means, okay, you're going back to, I mean, three records in, you're going back to center. You're going back to that sound. And someone like Ryan McCombs, who wrote some really good lyrically songs in soil, I kind of had the the bar set kind of high that he could do some shit like Dave Williams. Like you were saying, kind of write something that's kind of tormented and dark, but not have to rely on swearing and and other tropes that they kind of had done on desensitized. And unfortunately, all we got was basically a B-side soil work record. There are several issues with this record. Number one, it came out in 2007. So it suffers from the early to mid 2000s digital record production. And as time goes on, I'm starting to think that the record companies were doing it just to fuck with the fans. We know you're going to steal this shit. We know you're going to download it on BitTorrent or or if you're still using Kazaa. <laughs> so they intentionally made the album sound like shit. And my examples for this include this record and Godsmack, where it just sounds thin and there's no intensity. The drums are usually mixed back and the guitars sound overly fake. That alongside we have a new vocalist and this does not strike me as a band that sits down writes 30 songs records 30 songs and then picks the best 12 for the album this feels like the first things they did the first time they had him over for a practice to see if they could gel well let's try to write some songs guys and they busted out five and they thought they were great most of the time dan might agree with me the first five things you write are not your best. You guys talk about labels and everything, but the interesting thing about this record is this was all the band. This was not the label. Because basically, according to Ryan McCombs, he says, we fought for a while to get off of our former record label wind-up. Nothing personal against them. They just came right out and said that they didn't really want to be in the metal business anymore. They wanted Drowning Pool, but they didn't want us to sound like Drowning Pool. So it was just time for us to split ways. And we fought to do that for a while. We also ended up splitting ways with our management, too. We just decided that we wanted to start over with a completely fresh, clean slate. And then we called Sully Erna and said, how do you make albums? That statement is completely fucking incompatible with what I'm hearing. So I don't know know if he's full of shit or or what. He's full of soil. Uh, That we can be sure of. But (laughs) the thing is, is that that doesn't make any sense. Like... (laughs) <laughs> a band a band that does that, that, that gives the big fuck you to the, yeah, shout out to Primer 55, uh, to the record label, doesn't put a record out that sounds more commercially viable than, like, the last two. I, I guess I guess the problem that I'm having with this is that, like, did they drop Wind Up and record this album to try to catch the attention of other labels? Because this doesn't sound like fresh, clean slate drowning pool. We already got that. That's called Sinner. This is, like bad god smack with some Allison chains thrown in there for good measure I think the most offensive thing about it <laughs> is that it's not drowning pool this is a band that had a cool but didn't that go away like didn't that go away like two albums ago or an album ago yeah it did I mean I could see the transition but I guess it's just one that I think is just a bad move like like every time these guys had the chance to make a choice they made the wrong choice I think it started though like I said right after we were talking about center they should have just called it something different then because unfortunately as much as it sucks to to say one person is the band 
Gabe Williams is drowning pool. I, I hate to say it, but you can't put out an album like Sinner that was so undeniable, undeniably what it was because of him. And then unfortunately with him passing, you can't replace him. And it's only been made evident with every release that they put out since. It's sad, but true. Not the song, but just the point. 2010, Drowning Pool. Oh, God. All right, you know what? I'm going to say something real fast, though. So they put out a live record in between this. And if you needed any more verification that Ryan McCombs was not the person to fulfill Jason's shoes nor Dave's, listen to that record and then tell me that that was the best option for them to get to move forward paying homage to their legacy before and what was going to come this album's just a piece of shit it's been a long time since i said that and like i get it if you're into this kind of hard rock whatever like that's fine but understand that if this is one of your favorite albums in this style you need to listen to more albums in this style there are so many other bands doing this so much better than drowning pool did it on this album and to call this the self-titled Drowning Pool album, like, this is what defines us. Oh, God. This is a desperate attempt to <laughs> redefine fan <laughs> expectation. Pun intended? Yeah. Absolutely. This, this is just this, terrible. This sounds like... I'll at least give this album one thing, and this is a backhanded compliment at best. At least this one has a little bit more energy through it where it sounds like people who actually spent time writing something together as opposed to writing the first couple of songs they came up with they're like that's great let's put that out right away that's all i have to say that it has going for it the rest of it is the same dreck that they've been putting out on the last record it still sounds like a soil record just not as good as any of the soil records that were out with ryan before interesting that you should mention soil as in 2001 soil called up and we're like hey Hey, Ryan, we, we, we want you back. And he was all like, all right, cool. Hey, guys, got to go. 2011? Yeah, got to go. I'm not coming back. And that was he just went out to buy cigarettes and never came back. So, <laughs> yeah. At what point do you think this band goes, what the, is it us? Is it you? <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas, right? Even the failures. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I know it sounds like we're being really, really harsh. Because oh, we, we are. are. But <laughs> fans do not appreciate you not delivering a product that you promised to deliver. Bodies wrote some really heavy checks that the rest of this band's discography cannot cash. And again, I don't know if it's them or, or what it is, but like, I just don't understand that Like, when you're looking at a gift horse in the mouth, you're like, nah, fuck you. Let's just go do something else. The thing that I, I think is kind of interesting is, that, and I was just kind of looking to see if it was this case, it was kind of making me wonder if Dave actually was, you know, wrote on guitar or something, kind of had more hand in the arrangement of Center. So striking to hear from a songwriting perspective how different the band was on one record versus everything they did without him. And I, I don't, and so I just, I don't understand. <laughs> I just don't understand how a band can write something musically as good as Sinner was and then just basically shit the bed for the next, like, you know, 10 years. I think it's a desperate attempt to change the fan expectation. It has to be, we did this thing and then we decided to do something different, but our fans would never let it go. Because this sounds like Soil made a record with Sammy Hagar. Now that might be a great thing. Actually, that is what this sounds like. This sounds like bad chicken foot. I know what I said. <laughs> I don't even know what you just said, but wow. I chalk it up to something that's called lead singer presence. 
It's a way to make myself feel better about being a lead singer and think that I play some sort of important role in a band. But I think sometimes lead singer presence really helps the drive and motivation of the band. When you have a good lead singer, it get, it just everybody has really good vibes all around. I think in the case of Drowning Pool, you have all of this uncertainty based on this bad thing that happened once. You know, like, seriously, you wonder why these other guys quit? They probably woke them up every hour to make sure they were still alive. I think it's <laughs> really one of those situations where there was so much, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Oh, my God, what are we going to do? That they just kind of rushed it, I think, on the music side of it. And I think that they thought that the audience that was okay with Desensitized wanted this. They That they wanted Full Circle, that they wanted the Drowning Pool self-titled. What they don't realize is that everybody just wanted Sinner. And even though we all knew that we couldn't have it the same, we wanted something that would at least be comparable to it. And unfortunately, they, they really can't deliver that, like even a little bit. Uh, you know, Ryan's gone, and we go to 2013's Resilience with yet another new singer. This guy's name is Jason Marino. I've got to give him some credit. He is much better than the previous two vocalists. He has more aggression in his voice. It sounds to me like he can sing the old material really well. However, I just don't like his face for some reason. There's something about the way he delivers his vocals on the new material that's immediately off-putting to me. Like it's just so sing-songy and so trite that I just really can't get behind it. I don't feel the emotion behind the songs if there's any emotion at all anyway. He sounds like Phil Anselmo's little brother. Sorry, I was... I, I just saw that they apparently have been doing... When this record came out, they decided to do what Journey did with a, uh, their vocalist, it sounds like Steve Perry, and record a whole bunch of studio stuff of him doing all of the band's other hits of the other singers. To, like, um, get himself prepped up for it? I guess like there's a video of him doing a live studio thing of Sinner, Step Up, Tear Away, Feel Like I Do. So basically all the big singles over the band's discography. It, it's it's okay. Um, I mean, it's a studio thing, so you don't have the live crowd there to, I, I don't know. To give you a yay or nay? I, <laughs> I guess actually that's probably a really great, that's a really great comparison actually now I think about it. Because a big bitch I've always had about Journey is the fact that, you know, and Joe just mentioned actually Sammy Hagar, uh, another great band. You know, Van Halen loses David Lee Roth. They decide to go the complete opposite route of David Lee Roth and find someone who is a competent singer and a good musician who can write good songs. Now, the debate always has been with Van Halen, do you prefer Roth or Hagar? I like both for completely different reasons. If you like just good, fun party time shit, you're going to go to David Lee Roth route every time. If you want good written songs, I'm going to go with Sammy Hagar. Journey never could get over fucking Steve Perry. All they ever did was try to find someone who sounded exactly like Steve Perry. Thus, the comparisons were inevitable that that's all they were going to do. I'll at least kind of give Drowning Pool credit in this sense that they kept trying to find somebody that could, like I said, marry the past to the present. But unfortunately, no one ever could do both. It was either you do this one thing, which Ryan McCombs did his thing, which unfortunately sounds like soil. Uh, Jason did a good job, but probably just got tired of the shit. <laughs> and now we have this other new Jason, and 
I mean, you're the third vocalist in a band, and I don't know, like, this record, like I was telling Joe before we started recording, this record sounds really fake. Like, the drums sound triggered, they don't sound like real drums. It's at least heavier than it's been, but, man, I, I just don't know. I just, we're, what, 12 years into a band's career, and I feel like, I, I don't know who the fuck this band is. You've given me almost four different iterations of the band at this point and i don't i don't know how this band has had a career honestly i mean you want to talk about a one-trick pony that has really made a career off of their past efforts i can't think of another band that embodies that more than drowning pool pun intended there's a hilarious video on youtube of the jason marino fronted drowning pool playing bodies and obviously, it's the last song that they play every night. And the, it should be. And the dude fucking says, I know the real reason why you guys have all been here tonight. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, if I was in a band with that guy, he'd be fired right then. Uh, like, basically just told the audience, look, I know you guys are just here to hear us play bodies. That's literally the only reason you guys showed up tonight. And he's playing to an audience of like 120 people, which for a band that was as big as Drowning Pool once was... That's pretty sad. Like they're they're holding on to just the smallest amount. Like they're on a drip feed of popularity, and they're they're nowhere close to the reservoir of supporters that they used to have. And a so, lot of that is because people don't know who the fuck this band is anymore. I guarantee you, a lot of the people who love Bodies and loved Drowning Pool back in the day probably don't even know that Drowning Pool is still a band. Probably not. I got to give them credit for being here still. I guess. I mean, kind of like if I could give them any credit at all. I want to give them credit for successfully creating a carbon copy of Shinedown in 2013. I guess. But it's not even what Shinedown was doing currently at this time. It was like what Shinedown was doing seven or eight years before. Can we get this over with? Yeah, hold on just a second, though. <laughs> you want to talk about it taking another stab at your, your one success? How about re-releasing your <laughs> the 13-year anniversary of Sinner? Uh... Yeah. Hey, at least they didn't have the dude like re-record the vocals and try pushing that again like Journey did. I'd be pretty upset if that happened. Like, it's not something that somebody's doing to me, but I would definitely take it as a personal assault. They might. So when are we going to get a Dave Williams uh, mask and looking guy to front this band? No shit, right? I mean, clearly Static X was onto something. <laughs> Is that still dope? Too busy? They can't do this one too. Look at that. You know what? They earned my respect because I just called those guys Static X. Yeah, there you go. Because before that, I've only referred to them as former members of Static X. Well, let's uh, let's put this dying dog to bed and get to the Hallelujah uh, album. Yeah, so Hallelujah is the newest album by Five Finger Pantera Down. This is not Drowning Pool. I don't know what band this is. I have a suggestion. Drowning Pantera Punch. Drowning Pantera Punch. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a little bit of credit and say that this is a much heavier album than we've had from them in, in like over a decade. Uh, the vocals are much better than they were on Resilience. Uh, it's it's punchier. It sounds like they are really trying to do the Drowning Pool thing, but unfortunately, this band doesn't know what the Drowning Pool thing is. That's really sad. I think that's plagued the whole band, its whole career. They just have no identity. Why do people like us again? Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Oh, right. yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's the only reason they're here, isn't it? I don't understand why they didn't go for the obvious cash grab and just write songs that sounded like bodies but weren't. You know, <laughs> like I, I don't understand that at all. Uh, and really, it, it, if you you can kind of see the writing on the wall though, even if you even if you listen to Sinner, 
Sinner was a great record because the vocalist on it was exceptional. Musically, though, you've it's got been pedestrian. Yeah, you've got bodies and several songs that sound like bodies. A, uh, no, not not really. I don't think any of the songs on Sinner's really on Sinner really sounds like bodies. From a all. composition standpoint, many of those riffs are identical. They're from the same brain. I get that. But again, what made Bodies more exceptional was an exceptional vocalist that did a really cool thing with those riffs. They haven't been able to recreate that since 2001. It's like you guys had 15 fucking years. Like, it's it's kind of time to step up, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> you can't... The puns are flowing tonight. You can't just go back to the way it was. I understand that. But I almost think that's why you quit and you start a new band that plays this style and establish a new fan base for this style. Like I said, they're they're literally just living off of the drip feed of what used to be their support system. And like even if Hallelujah is a better album than Resilience and Drowning Pool and Full Circle, like it's too late. The people that liked Desensitized aren't there anymore. You've just you've just lost it. And I appreciate I appreciate the screams, I appreciate the heaviness, but it all just sounds so contrived at this point. You know, a, a YouTube commenter summed it up better than I ever could whenever I, we were watching video of them playing bodies and the top comment was yeah but Dave had actual pain and conviction in his voice and this guy's just trying to sound like Dave but how can he not he's doing everything there, he possibly can but the band's cursed man you're basically a cover band at this point with, a, with whoever you have as a vocalist yeah you're cursed because I've seen other bands pull it off when they shouldn't have been able to Look at Norma Jean. There's nobody in Norma Jean that was in the original Norma Jean. Yet they're still a very well-respected band that plays the old hits and people love it. I guess the difference is, is that band's not cursed and this one is. Because I'm starting to get a little superstitious. I think it's a curse. Or it's just a lot of stupidity. Final thoughts on Drowning Pool. That was my final thought. John Beatty. Uh, this is... Fuck, this is just a band that had so much promise... And unfortunately, a very tragic series of events, I think, derailed the career that they could have had. And unfortunately, personnel reasons, I I, I got to point fingers somehow at the band because they're the only consistent in this whole thing, the three other members of the band. So either they are the worst people to be in a band with or <laughs> I, I don't fucking know. But this band honestly should have become something different after a sinner and I would probably would have had more respect for whatever it is they tried to do, but prime example of a band that has failed their whole career, basically, and somehow sort of failed up until the rest of the industry kind of caught wind that, hey, they're not really as good as we thought they were. And the success of one record and, and one big single can only carry you so far. 15 years ain't bad. Oh, God. Talk about your 15 minutes of fame. Drowning Pool is a band that exists in name alone. They are not what they started as. They're not even what they continued as. What they are doing today is a disappointment if you're a fan of Sinner. I'll even give you a desensitized for the sake of the argument. I've heard Shinedown for years play this style. I've heard Seether do the same thing before anybody else did it. I don't know why in 2016 we're copying this it has to be, we are a band from Texas. This must be what new metal became in Texas. It's funny how in 2019, when we're seeing new metal come back, 
and people are starting to actually acknowledge those bands for being creative and actually being good bands. Limp Bizkit, Cold Chamber. But I'm hearing a facsimile of other bands done not very well. If I wanted to listen to Godsmack, I'd listen to Godsmack. If I wanted to listen to Shinedown, I'd listen to Shinedown. If I have a choice between this and anything else, I'm probably going to listen to something else unless you hand me Sinner. So I'm going to say that Sinner is the record you should listen to if you're looking for the band that could have been. But the band that we have is not something that I enjoy. Dan, what's your album of the week? That would be Say Hello to Sunshine by the band Finch. John, what about you? I have equally been listening to these two records. Um, so just for the, the sake of the fact that one's not even out yet, uh, I'm going to say Peach Club by Amorosa has been my uh, album of the week. I was going to say Don't Say War and Peace by Demon Hunter. No. For me, it's New Metal May, Sinner by Drowning Pool. Oh, the good one. Hey, guys, just want to take a minute out to let you know that there are so many different ways you can get a hold of us if you ever have any questions, band requests, anything of that nature. See, every time you request a band, we're always happy to put that band on the master list. The goal is to get to everyone eventually. So in about 50 years, we will have covered the entire genre of metal. Think about that for a second. There's so many different ways you can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. We are on Twitter at Discuss Metal. We even have our own Discord server. There's a link to it on our show notes. If you click on that link, you can join us on Discord and chat with us in real time. Anytime you got a question, you want to know what I'm eating for lunch that day, trust me, you don't want to know. But if you did want to know, you could ask and I'd probably tell you. And on that note, this has been episode 115 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money. The future's not so bright. The only chance is not to waste your life. Half open, have no fear. The truth walks by your side.